consider for a moment that sound does have form and we've seen that it can affect matter and cause form within matter, then sort of take a leap and think about the universe forming and think about the immense sound of the universe. And if we you know, kind of ponder on that, then perhaps cymatics have an influence on the formation of the universe itself. Welcome to the Nomad Podcast. I'm your host, Nomad, and today we will be discussing the topic of cymatics with Brandon from Expanding Reality. How's it going, Brandon? Dude, first of all, that intro was incredibly dope. Like, you just put that together just for this show. Yeah. That's amazing. Like, oh, what a touch. Dude, absolutely incredible. And to answer your question, I'm I'm amazing. Even If I was any better, I'd be twins, dude. I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I really appreciate you jumping on here. Uh, you've... You've done so many great topics on your podcast, which I highly recommend everybody goes check and checks out. It's Expanding Reality. Um, real quick, would you mind giving them kind of the, the links so they can go and check it out? Yeah, just one link. The uh, mothership there, the ex, uh, the website, expandingrealitypodcast.com. That's where it's all at, and it'll link you anywhere else you want to go that you'd rather be, that you can Perfect. find us as well. Yeah. Love it. Yep. Awesome. I love that. And that, that carries throughout everything you do. You're very user experience focused. And I appreciate that about you. Um, one thing you harp on is not harp on, but you you bring up is value exchange. And I love that. I think that's what our society needs more of. Yep. How can we exchange the value we can provide each other instead of relying on some tactile medium? Uh, it's like a middleman. So again, shout outs on that. And please, everyone go and give the value that you can back to Brandon for all of his great research and studies that he does. And in Nomad as well. That's what value exchange is all about. If you're getting value out of what you're what you're finding here, then exchange value. You know, I mean, there's still we live in a world where this man's still got to keep a roof over his head. He's still got to eat. Uh, those microphones aren't cheap. And I know that. And so there is an energetic exchange that can occur here. And it, rather than just consuming the content and not engaging, perhaps we invite you with the opportunity of value exchange to be a participatory participant in this. And you actually invest in the thing that you find so valuable. And we're empowering our audiences to do this. And that's the whole point here. You know, um, people don't mind paying Netflix, but they'll listen to uh, for free uh, a podcast that they absolutely love that will tear apart that Netflix is actually ran by. Edward Bernays, the father of propaganda's nephew, and actually they're uh, pretty deep in pedophilia and stuff like that, but they don't mind listening to a podcast about how damaging that is and how they hate it, but then they go on and boom, Netflix, and they don't mind giving whatever it is now, like 20 bucks a month to that. And so it's just interesting. And I think that what we give people the opportunity to do is to empower themselves and to make choices like that. And you say, you know what? Yeah, actually, this shit isn't cheap. And I'm paying Netflix, who's a you know trillion, billions, billions or whatever. And I'm not value exchanging with the folks uh, who are making big differences and impact in their own community um, and really changing my life and opening my mind a little bit. And so that's the that's the empowerment that we encourage. And I'm grateful that you pointed it out. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Um, and so with that, that was a beautiful introduction to what we're going to be talking about today, exchanging value. How does that relate on a physical sense, right? Like everything is energy, everything is value in some way, shape or form. I think that cymatic sort of has a role in that. And I think it's sort of the connection is yet to be unraveled. Um, so real quick, before we dive into it too much, let's just throw 
this up and give people an example of or a brief description of what semantics is. So semantics is the study of visible sound and vibration. Now that's a very simple way of putting it. There's probably more nuance to it than that, but I think that's a very good starting point. Um, would you have anything to add on to that? No, that's spot on what it is. And there's uh, very interesting examples of this because they do it with uh, granules on plates with sound, um, a single tone on a speaker with a, a metal plate generally. And these components, these different elements seem to play a role as well. And then they'll sprinkle granules over and there's more of an analog version of that. And just like sound itself, there's like an analog and a digital version, right? There's a tape and then there's, uh, you know, an MP3. And there's an example beautifully. Dude, you're awesome, by the way. You're you're going to go so far. Like, I just have to say this. I see massive, amazing things for you. Uh, Thank just you. And if, for those listening, we do have video. You can check out either of our website. We'll yeah. probably have it on there, nomad.art or expandingreality.com. Or, sorry, expandingrealitypodcast.com. Yeah, it's all good. I, I do the same thing. Expanding reality was taken. They wanted like 12 grand for it. I was like, of, yeah, course, of course. Um, uh, and so, but dude, uh, I just wanted to point out how incredible you are at this already. I'm just so impressed. Okay. With like you, but with what you're doing, like it's a whole package. Okay. Just so the audience knows how badass you are. All right. So this, this would be an example of these patterns that we're talking about here. And there's a, like I said, a physical way of, of viewing this. You can also uh, think of a frog sitting in a still water and croaking and then it, those waves that ripple out around it. That's another form of cymatics because it's a visual representation of the wave, right? And so when we think of different frequencies and these single tone frequencies, which you have these fixed hertz fixed on the screen for us here to, to check out and enjoy, you know, you see all these intricate patterns. One of the other digital ways you can do this is uh, an oscilloscope. Yeah. And so you can take that um, and you can see the oscillations that way. And there's a lot of star fort patterns that pop up with that. Um, a guy named Matt Terillion runs a Great Deception podcast, and we talked about it. And it's fascinating, man, when you really start to look at the connection between physical objects on the ground and then these patterns that we're finding in you know seemingly magical ways where it's really just a science we haven't figured out yet, or I would say rediscovered as a mainstream society yet. It's probably been very known, and this is uh, something that was very utilized and just common knowledge. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we poop and we use sound to build buildings like you guys don't. You know, it's just right. commonplace. And so um, it seems like the rediscovery of, of this, though, is a lot of fun. So, yeah, man, um, it's beautiful, and, and I love this. And, uh, yeah, visual representation of sound, and it's, it's miraculous. It's really, really cool. They do this with water, like a stream of water as well. I'm sure you've seen this, where the water will contort and kink depending right. on the frequency that's being played yeah yeah and brandon i don't think he knew that our last podcast was actually with matt on starforts oh so, shit i awesome didn't synchro oh my awesome god dude i did not know that okay how crazy but again, is this that connection is pretty apparent Bro. right like there's either inspiration from cymatics to build them or cymatics were directly involved right one one way or the other yeah, just super say. understood. And I agree with um with you that they not only were understood, but they were used and um used to liberate its population. I mean, that's what it feels like. It feels like with the way you pulled up with the cathedrals as well. If you'll please go to that slide, sir. Um, the yeah. cathedral door openings are seeming to be man attempting to recreate these cymatic patterns or doing so successfully to where they match up in these ways that are unmistakable from notes, you know, I mean, you have A there. And so the glass over them, I mean, is an ob to me, an obvious apprehension of the technology. And they just put that glass over it so you don't see what it really is. And perhaps it was these sound resonators, or maybe it is supposed to be there like a banjo drum and it causes some sort of resonance. Do you know why they're there? 
the glass. Well, I was I was gonna ask you because I hear that a lot, right? Like maybe the glass wasn't supposed to be there, and it was all for like channeling, you know, energy through it. But what if the the glass actually adds a component to it? Um, yeah. Because because sound and light are directly related uh, in a lot of ways. Have you heard of um, what is it called? It's the spooky Tesla spirit radio. No. And so this is an invention that Nikola Tesla had. And essentially you can use light to to um, generate sound. Okay. And so there's actually you can go online and find them. You can get all the parts. People have like put together kits that you can get and you can make one. So it's something I'm planning to do yeah. eventually as an experiment. But yeah, so you can essentially channel sound and see the or, or color and see what the sound it makes so they're related right and so perhaps yeah. there was the audio from the formation within the building right from the organs and how the formation of the building is but then perhaps there was another component that you're getting from the light coming in through the through the window because they do seem to be corresponding with like the sun in a lot of ways yeah and even mimicking it you know in their patternistic ways you know there's a real sun iconography going on there um, fascinating observation. I love it. And yeah, that's why I was saying perhaps like a banjo drum and it seals, but I didn't think about the light component to it and the combination of the two. Yeah. I mean, it, it may have played a significant role and maybe even the tinting, you know, because like you said, color has different. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating, man. And I was going to say, I wouldn't be surprised if at one point they were perhaps one color and then they got switched for another. Right. I think I see a lot of them, uh, as like red, the center mm. is red. And we know that as like the lowest vibration, right? Yeah, your root, yeah. And so I wouldn't be surprised if at one point that was like a different color that was more of a higher vibration. You know, and it, I wouldn't put it past a culture that doesn't want you to know that you can amplify energies in the ground and then send them across to a population in any form, right? So they wouldn't want you to know that the red means bad because people might figure that out and that it can be switched then to another color and actually do the opposite. And so you'd want to bring them to the ground altogether and just alleviate the uh, technology or just say it was something else. Stained glass window. They just they just built it that way. Right. You know, yeah. But they, they didn't need the glass. They just we just removed the glass. Yeah. yeah. And, and in some cases, yeah, then the glass is removed. So that's a an augmentation to the device right at that point. And so and then it's no longer working properly yeah, or as no intended. Yeah. I love it. Absolutely love it, bro. Yeah. So. Other than the architecture, what other fascinating parts of semantics have you has stood out to you over the numerous conversations you've had on the topic? What really has stood out to me is when you look at it like this idea of changing from a tone, and you had that image up there of the different hertz on the, with the granules with the that example. And whenever it's a different tone, I started applying that idea of switching from one tone to the next, the violence and chaos that occurs in between the patterns for the granules themselves above it. And then the formation of the new pattern having be more complex and we're mm -hmm. like ascending in the tone, right? So the way that I've been applying it is in the metaphor of sort of what's going on here today, the zeitgeist, the what's going on with all around us, right? And um, I've been looking at it like what happened before 2020 was, let's just say for the example here, 3975 hertz, okay? Um, and you're looking at that image and you're saying, okay, yeah, that was the Rockefeller era. That was um, industrialized medicine. That was the military industrial complex. That was World War II. That was all kinds of stuff. And then we're moving into, it seems that we are moving into 
um, the age of Aquarius uh, from Pisces. And this is going to take a little while. Some say it's already happened and some say that we're in like this buffer zone. Um, and so then perhaps that switch to, let's say Aquarius is represented here visually for us with 4444 hertz. And if that's the case, then that switch from 3975 would be pretty turbulent, you know, to form the pattern that is 4444, then, you know, it's very different than the one before it. And so perhaps this shakeup, perhaps that interim time in between Pisces and Aquarius, just to mark it astrologically for a timeline here for everybody, whether you believe in astrology or even give it a glance or not, then um, it seems that, you know, there's this turbulent time before a resettling and a reorganization. And, you know, when people are like, I just want things to go back to the way they were. And it's like, well, then you look at you look at that. You, you look at all the things that have gone on the way that it was. And I think that there's I, I know, actually, there's no going back. There's no the tone's not going to go back to thirty nine seventy five. It's going to four, 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 four. And I think that the people who know how the game is played are doing their best to come out on top of that as much as possible. Yeah, and I think that's so, beautifully said. I think the what I got from that mostly is the transition, right? When when these patterns are shifting, there's that moment of sort of chaos in between. And we all have seasons of that in our life and noticing yeah. that and noticing, OK, I'm in this season, I'm in this transition, but there's a new pattern that's even more beautiful and new on the other side. I think that's a great way to to bring this into a practical way to apply it to your life. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. Man. It's it's a uh, I'm very visual and I use a lot of movie references and stuff like that. And so any you know tool in the toolbox that we can use or utilize rather to describe these kind of more complex topics that are kind of hard to put into words. You know, that's challenging. It's like kind of trying to describe love or a song or a psychedelic experience. It's it's just really personal. But we get a little bit closer with things like these examples because there's an example of it, and it's easier to kind of wrap your mind around and then to scale up to society or to, like you said, on an individualistic level, because macro and micro, right? And uh, it all makes sense from that perspective in my mind. I, I really have uh, come to a lot of nice peace with it where I don't feel uh, in danger, you know what I mean? Because it's all kind of, I see it as just part of the, it's part of the process. You know, the caterpillar is completely destroyed. It's a painful process. Uh, but man, when it comes out that crystal is a butterfly, it's awesome. And it's a freaking butterfly, dude. So I, this is our chrysalis phase. I think a lot of it is um, painful. And I think the more that people dive within and do their own personal work, it's how you mitigate the uh, symptoms of the change. That's just how I feel about it. It's a good metaphor for kind of the shift. Yeah, well said. Um, how do you think that sound and light and intention relate to each other so regarding the famous experiments we'll throw it on the screen here with with emoto uh it's masaru emoto is that how you say it masaru emoto mm -hmm. exactly um so for those who don't know would you mind giving people you you know the story well right uh yeah pretty well um dude i uh, actually created an experiment where he basically sends intention uh via commands or words or statements one said i hate you one said i love you and he basically wrote these two notes stuck it on a couple of glasses of water uh left it for a bit and then froze it and then looked at the ice crystals and how they formed and he found that the ones that uh, where it said i hate you on it formed ugly nasty crystals the water itself was pretty putrid and he didn't want to drink it um there was a bunch of examples there you go you have them on the screen here um he had then the uh, you make me sick to be in that same category uh polluted water before prayer polluted water after prayer which is actually very interesting 
and then you have evil, you fool. So you have these energies and even just saying them, you know, out of my mouth, I'm not a fan of it, but for the audience here, I'll take the bullet for you energetically. Same, yeah. I can alchemize, but, um, thank you know, you. these, these others that, that say thank you and wisdom and truth and eternal and angel, they all came out this incredibly beautiful, uh, sacred geometry type pattern and, you know, very organized, very, um, pleasant, right? And so you look at things like this and then you say, okay, well, we're, we're like a bunch of water, right? Um, and maybe all the stuff that we hear around us that even overhearing the word on a TV show that we don't particularly care for, we throw it on because we're bored and we don't know what else to do. Um, then, you know, you hear, you make me sick. Well, that your water, your everything is hearing these things that make the water that Dr. Moto found that was unappealing. Now, if you then have these affirmations and you guys, you know, there may be some people probably not listen to this, but maybe somebody's stumbling across it going, man, my dumb girlfriend, she puts, uh, I love myself and thank you and wisdom and truth all over the mirror. And I think it's so silly. But while you're standing there brushing your teeth in the morning in your silly girlfriend's bathroom, you're getting all of that. And so actually it's making a positive subconscious effect on you. And so whenever you see things like this, then you, you know, I mean, speak to your water. This is like another thing to be actionable about. If it's going in you and you can be, you know, a little, like I said, a little bit more actionable with this, then take, take everything into your own hands. First of all, cleanse the water. Just say it, you know, or say it with your mind. You don't have to, if you think it's weird, then just say it with your mind. That's fine. Just say, you know, I love you or bless you, or I bless this water, something like that. And I mean, you know, knowing what the studies show you, this is science here, folks, you know, you can, you can look it up and see it. And so then maybe applying it and just see what it does. Do your own little science experiment. You know, don't even take this data for it. Um, and I would say that, you know, just play with it uh, for sure. But they're, they're just such interesting results that came from this. Again, looking like star forts, by the way. Yep. And we did talk about this briefly in our last uh, podcast with Matt as well. But to just kind of uh, further expand on this, um, uh, the... Um, the star forts, you know, relating. One thing I did notice is a lot of the star forts were not actually six sided. They were like, uh, like five sided or something else. So I was also wondering if like the specific shape or like the number has anything to do with it. But also this could just be because it's water <laughs> and that might have something yeah. to do with it. Water, water played such a big component in the star fort. So I, I think you're really onto something here, uh, with, I know you are actually. And so it's interesting that maybe the water was at a six point and the star itself was at a five. And then maybe there were a few more dimensional levels there that weren't visually accessible to us, or perhaps were there and were destroyed. If you think about a star for it and you then you kind of uh picture something like the star uh the tower of babel or something maybe it went further and maybe it was broken down and maybe that was a four star and maybe the one on top of it was a three and a two and a one and maybe it was this whole interlocking connection thing that had to do with the water because there are star forts that have levels upon levels and i believe that right. there's some that change the amount of points as they go up don't they or are oh, they yeah, all pretty for sure thing? so maybe no, it was there's a variations yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I love, though, that, like, Matt just sets me on fire with this shit. You do, too. Uh, can we cuss on here? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Uh, it sets me on fire with this shit, and you do, too. And so it's this kind of investigation, though. It's this kind of stuff where you're sitting here thinking, oh, I've seen that before. And you have all of these disciplines at your advantage, at your fingertips here. And then you get to look at it, and you can go, ooh, I found a connection here, and ooh, I found a connection here. And Matt, Dave, uh, from uh, Generation Z and I, we all had, a, like, a, we have a... a uh, calibration uh, collaboration show rather called generation reality that dave and i do and we had matt on for a couple of these and man we were yes ending each other like crazy we were like energy this and 
talking about the chakras and it was so cool it's it's just awesome to kind of be a part of this and you're absolutely here with it uh to to see this stuff uh kind of get figured out or at least the questions get asked in an interesting way and rather something comes of it or not this is badass dude badass yeah and I want to just give a, a personal testimony. I did also talk with Matt, but again, these these affirmations have completely changed my life. Yeah. Um, deciding intentionally to brainwash myself instead of just being brainwashed, True. right? Choosing choosing how you want to wash your brain and what you want to put in it. So what I did is I made a mantra. Of, well, I didn't make the mantra, but the fruit of the spirit from the Bible. I've just made that my mantra. So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Though that's my mantra. And I just, it's like in my subconscious, it's like the screensaver that's going. So I if I'm, anytime I'm like unconscious, that's kind of like what's playing in the background. It's incredible. And, and that has really changed my life. And I imagine you have sort of applied similar methods, right? You know, kind of I- using this. I have, and it's it's. I love yours though. I'm gonna be um uh, talking about this, and yes, I'm uh, mantras. I'm a big fan of. There's this girl on TikTok who I'm just a fan of because she has such an incredible perspective with this, and has such awesome, awesome mantras. And a few that roll around in my mind are, of course, uh, the universe provides options. Uh, another one would be fear keeps me from getting what I want, and I release fear and any emotion connected to its vibration. I am meant for positive, rapid progression. It's another one I uh, pepper in there quite a bit. Um, there, there's all sorts of just wonderful ways of reminding yourself, uh, another personal affirmation, the one that's rolling around in my head constantly like yours, and it's funny you have this, uh, it's an adaptation from, uh, when I want to say it was Neville Goddard, but I don't think it was, it was kind of in the same time frame, but I just picked it up and it just stuck with me. Uh, I am whole, perfect, strong, powerful, loving, harmonious, and happy. And I've added to that healthy, wealthy, abundant, uh, loved, in loved, adored, respected, protected, and free, truly free. And you will really see that things just completely change for you when you start doing stuff like this. And it's absolutely awesome. So I'm going to throw you a link in the chat. And this is something I know it's a T-shirt thing. I actually just threw it up today. This is not a selfless plug. This is just the first image I had of it. Uh, I actually um, started minding my thoughts with a thought ninja. I created this awesome thing that I called a thought ninja. Uh, and it basically helps, not basically exactly helped me stop the spirals in my life that led me to the whirlpools of distraction that were intrusive thoughts and all of the things that I no longer resonated at the vibration of, right? And so um, I installed what I called a thought engine. This whole job, it's a bouncer for my thoughts. There, there's a club that I have up there where all the dope shit's happening. It's where everything is going on. And to get into it, you must be a vibrational match, right? You must rise to the occasion vibrationally to be accepted into this club as far as thoughts go in my mind. So there would be, you know, old patternistic things. There'd be stuff that came up from uh, old, you know, shit that I was just like, what's that still doing there? Yeah, I made that shirt. Isn't that cool? It's like your brain. And then there's a ninja on top of it. And that actually reads uh, thought thinking ninja in Japanese. Nice. Fun. So anyway, um, this thing has been so powerful for me. And I've told so many people about this. I was on uh, Forbidden Knowledge News just yesterday talking to Chris Matthew about this. And this concept has just completely changed my life. It's allowed me to step back and be the in observer mode. And so it allows me to kind of just be aware of what I'm thinking and vibrationally be picky, you know, because you can, Uh, you know, you follow this idea that um, uh, you're, you're a receiver for your thoughts, like Tesla said. And if you say that, then you apply things like Ram Dass said, which whenever thoughts occur, you just watch them as leaves floating down the river. 
And you can look at this stuff. And while I kind of blended all of those ideas and said, okay, I want a thought ninja. I've got him up there. I made this tulpa or this egregore, you know, this thought form. And his job literally is just to stop spirals and to cut old patterns and to rewrite neurons for me. And he does it in a dope ass way. He's got this katana. He's got little uh, ninja stars for nothing gets by the guy. And he's a sweetheart. Uh, he's a gentle giant, but man, uh, just ruthless when it comes to the things that I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah get him out of here. Uh, these things are cut very visually in my mind with a katana. It's very theatrical. It's got a cool comic book thing going to it. And so symbolic it, in I a remind, lot of ways. It's absolutely symbolic. Like and the so, dragon. Kind yeah. Of taming the dragon. Yes. Taming, absolutely not destroying. Uh, integrating, taming and integrating. Yes, absolutely. And um, great, great observation. And so it's really, though, allowed me to kind of step back and I'm like, okay, you handle the thoughts. I'm just going to watch the thoughts. And so... You can get to these points, and this I'm telling you, this is the secret to all of it. Just be mindful of your thought. This is the secret to everything. You don't sit in place and do this. This is just a thing that happens. And so whenever a thought comes in, usually they're they're kind of blindsiding, and they feel like they arrived very quick, and you didn't get any lead time on being able to anticipate their arrival, right? That's how it used to feel for me. Whenever I threw the thought ninja out there, what I also noticed for myself, and this was just a byproduct. Um, that I could get a greater vantage point on when the thoughts were coming in. So I had a further view up the river, if you will, of the leaves that were floating down. And I saw Ninja. I knew. I was like, oh, shit, that one's not going to pass the grid. I, I remember that. That's a thought pattern I don't want anymore. And watch it. Gone. I mean, and it was awesome. And it was amazing to watch. And it really changed me. Then I found that there was a day after about two months of doing this very mindfully, pun intended, uh, there was a day I had no intrusive thoughts whatsoever. And I noted it. I was like, dude, this day right here, there was a day that it didn't, nothing came in that wasn't allowed or that I didn't prefer rather. Um, and I was just on this wave of understanding. And it was just this incredible feeling. And, and since then, I mean, you know, sometimes the thought ninja sleeping, sometimes you just got to go through some shit, man. That's just part of it. But uh, for the most part, just at least having the intent to be mindful um, is something that I found very, very valuable and is um, something like with this, you know, you go back to intent and intention studies. And I think that it's absolutely all connected because when to answer your question directly now, um, the sound, the light and then uh, the intention Well, look at the first passage in the Bible. Whether you believe in that the book says what it says or did what it said or whatever, you know, God spoke first that's the vocals that's the that's the word and he what did he say first let there be light adding the yep. optical component to it and he had the intention to of creating a universe which is what occurred so you think then with all of these components added together and coalesced then maybe that's what all of this is and perhaps also you're also afforded the same opportunity to take advantage of that on your own scale yep thank you for bringing that all together you pretty much took the words right out of my mouth um, I think the thing that stood out to me was because he taped the words on on the glass or whatever, oh, right? He yeah. he didn't he didn't he wasn't like speaking to it. Now he did do other experiments where there was like sound, like metal versus um, healing music, and you can see sort of the more chaotic vibes versus the little bit more symmetrical vibes. However, with this one, it was just taping words to it, so. It, it, to me, that is fully intent. That's all right? intent. Absolutely. Because so even giving... as we're talking about these things here, I didn't like saying the words, you make me sick. There's a there's a thing, you know, you can feel it energetically. Totally. And so, yeah, that's an intent. Oh, I hate you. And, and no matter what, when you see that word, uh, all of that, and even numerologically, all of it adds up to be an energy. And so you 
you look at that, there's going to be intent from you as the observer of this reality in putting that intention on there. And whether you meant to think hate or not, you saw it subconsciously, all of that energy went into it. And then you just tape the damn thing up and it affects that. And then you think of like your everything you come across, you know, everything you come across. That's amazing. Yeah, even with it. So you had one mantra example where it was like mentioning fear. And I was like, oh, I wonder, like, does that work? Or is that like, yes, absolutely. A problem with that? It does. So even saying the word fear, it does help you actually transmute it in, in a way because you have to you have to recognize it. Yes, there is a recognition involved. You know, um, you can ignore something and it doesn't go away. It, it's, it's still there. But you have to, you know, I've found it valuable to acknowledge the energy for what it is and then alchemize it. If and you so, haven't acknowledged it, right. Um, right. Is, is, is that like a repetitive one, though? Or like once you've sort of acknowledged it, you try not to do it anymore type of thing? What I will see is if I get angry, let's say, I'll, I'll use the word fear in the mantra because fear is just a base of that, of that emotion, right? And so what I'll do is I'll remind myself that what I'm experiencing temporarily is a state of fear because of whatever reason and whatever emotion is connected to its vibration right and so what i do with this or how i found it valuable is not to remind myself that i'm fearful or whatever because i know at my core i'm not i know i'm just an, a human being who's ever changing and growing and expanding i'm not a finished product and i don't know if i ever will be never claim to be and so in those moments you're gonna be human and you're gonna have shit happen and you're it's gonna suck and it's gonna get to you and lower your vibe and you're gonna stoop down there and you're gonna start swinging with those energies and that's just part of this experience. You know, you need to dip in to be reminded every every now and then. I kind of look at this like a like a spiral of ascension, which we've all talked about. You know, you're you're not in a loop, you're in a spiral and it's ascending. Well, let's look at it uh, from a bird's eye view, this spiral that would appear as a circle to you, you know, looking at it. But really, of course, again, it's ascending. So if you look at it this way, maybe there's four points or cardinal points on the outside, or maybe the zodiac has something to do with it where you go through those energies as you're ascending. So even even as you're yes smarter and yes more wise and more aware, you still encounter those energies and you're not safe from them. You never evade them fully. And the other thing that not a lot of people think about is whenever you're healing a lot and you're able to help a lot of people, well you need to be at the level to be of service to the people that you're ready to help, which is people who are very very in that vibe. And so it's very important for you to be able to have a way like a thought ninja or something, any mantras, anything like that to keep yourself grounded and really balanced. Another good hand mantra is this one, you know, do this power center, emotional awareness, and you just hang on and that's it and just chill. And it really provides also, it's a, um, a fear deterrent as well, if you want to put it like that. But I mean, think about what fear really is. Again, it's a very reductive thing, but it's at the very bottom of it. So you're not missing anything, you know, you're not leaving anything out. And so it's all covered in there, right? Um, fear, sadness, uh, scarcity, um, any anger, anything like that is under that umbrella. But you didn't say specifically like anger keeps me from getting what I want. Um, it's still a fear based thing. And so it just covers it all. Yeah. yeah but it's a great question. Sense. Great question. Well, yeah, because I've heard you even talk about this, right? How life is sort of like how we're building algorithms now. I think we're building algorithms off of life. And uh, it's like the more that you give something attention, the more you get of it, because that's, that's just current. what life life thinks. That's what you want. Like you're giving it attention. You must want more of it. Um, and so I, I but I, I get there is nuance there and I appreciate you explaining it. Well, and honestly, that's what it feels like. It feels like um, that's exactly it. And I know it sounds real reductive and easy and all of that stuff. And I would say to anyone on this path, it's not it, it, it is simple, but it's not easy um, there. It 
you know, you can get lost in, in all the convoluted stuff and all the people that say that they know what they're doing, which that that should be your first red flag there. Cause I have no clue. I mean, if I'm making any sense to you whatsoever, I'm the, uh, you know, biggest moron you've ever heard, whatever. Um, it, it, it's not, it's subjective. Right. And so for some people, they're going to hear this and go, Holy shit. But it's, I don't know what's going on. I don't, I'll never claim to. And that's why the show's so successful. That's why I'm a magnet for incredible people. I have no ego in this. I, I don't need to be the one that proves you wrong or me right. Cause I don't know what's going on. Like, what am I going to prove right? And then change it in two weeks. What's the audience going to do with that? You know what I mean? So it's these people that are super certain of what's going on here. That's what totally. I'm, I entertain it, but I entertain it with the level of understanding that perhaps uh, there's still a little consciousness left to be squeezed out of that idea, an individual, you know? Yeah. And well, I always have oh, hope sorry. for that. No, go ahead, please. Well, I was just going to say, right. People get um, very adamant about certain ideas it seems to me there's a long history of multiple religions, multiple cultures talking about these entities I refer to as the jinn, who essentially can manipulate our reality, um, yeah. but they can't change our memories. And so I think this is a big reason why we see things like the Mandela effect and, you know, um, situations like that. Uh, maybe deja vu is in, involved with that somehow. But, you know, so I think if you get so attached to certain ideas life is so dynamic and so like things just change before you know it reality is expanded and you are in a totally different place so i think yeah holding too tightly to anything can be dangerous oh anything man that's the sure way to lose it that that's the sure way right? to lose exactly. it exactly and it's practicing this art of detachment without um apathy you know there's a balance there's always a balance you know and i kind of feel that what's going on here is just a school you know i kind of take the sting out of it i'm not it doesn't have a stinger to me anymore it it's it sucks sometimes and i'm not a fan of a lot of things that occur here but you know people need to learn it that way i needed to learn it that way and it no longer serves me to need that like that lesson no longer serves me you can think of this in your own life whenever you learn something it stops popping up you know um, because it's no longer getting your attention because it doesn't need to. Um, and I do think I do see this place as an energetic experience. And so I would say that the only real currency you have here is your attention. And that's why it's so sought after. That's why things out there yell at you and and, and attempt to scare you. Sam Tripoli has this awesome analogy that this place is a haunted house, you know, and I love that analogy um, because it does feel and, um, you know, I've, I've kind of just talked about it further to say that, you know, the, then you could say that the people in the haunted house, you know, even though there's no teeth on the chainsaw, it's very scary and convincing and loud. It gets your attention. It'll wake you up. It, it meant to do that. Not only that, you paid to be there and you wanted to go on that experience, which is maybe something scalable to this experience that you're having now. You wanted to be here. And so if you look at it this way and you see that really the things are just here to scare you and can't physically hurt you. And I really believe in sovereignty and autonomy. And I think that you, I, I really do think that you have to welcome that stuff in. And so no one's going to throw you on the ground and put a needle in your arm. Um, that's something that you need to welcome in and have consent for. Even in the contact phenomena, we find this. Um, I had Preston Dennett on recently. I think his episode's up next. And uh, just an incredible researcher. And he was talking about uh, people who, you know, go, they need consent. Um, I had Tony Rodriguez on, and he was talking about that whenever they transferred his consciousness into a clone to take him on a mission in space and then discard the clone and put his consciousness back in time traveling back 15 minutes and nobody knew he was gone even then they said do you consent to your soul going over here or your consciousness is how they phrased it 
So it's a very interesting thing that if it, there's that much control, seemingly control out here, and there's a bunch of shit again just yelling at you and just kind of being noisy, then if you look at it from an energetic perspective like that, then your attention is the currency, and that is what you have control over. But it would make sense, you know, at a level like that. If this is some sort of simulation, school experience, uh, lesson, you know, anything like that, it would make sense for the for the logistics of the experience for it to function that way for you to have ultimate say so but that also there's some things here that are really going to challenge you mentally and emotionally and that's kind of the point that's where growth occurs and it sucks like it it's interesting that that's how we learn lessons here and i think that it's it's built into this system whatever it is and we're here to navigate duality by the extremes it's just kind of my feeling on it at the time i have no idea but um you know it it seems that it's pervasive and but also like adorable, you know, it's, it's not, I just, I've taken the teeth out of it. Cause it's all being a conspiracy theorist for well over 20 years and Paul revering and diving deep into this stuff and the Ruby ridges. And yeah, I mean, yeah, but you know, like with the stuff now, it's just boring. Like the, it's got no teeth. It's all psyops. You can tell it's digitally altered. You can tell NASA's full of shit. You can tell Biden's not in the fucking warehouse. There's, there's no trucks behind him. Like the, there's trucks behind him. There's no plants. Like it's, it's so odd. The wallpaper's different. Like, it's so obvious. And it's boring, you know? Uh, this whole Ukraine thing, it's just boring. And I think now would be a great time for the aliens to come back in mass and do some sort of, you know, great solar flash and all of that. Maybe something super dope. Um, just kind of ramp it up. Like, let's just, let's go. All the other things that people are so distracted by, I have no interest in whatsoever. And, um, I mean, say that's heartless because I'm, I don't believe in a in a war I find fake, but that's just how I feel about it. Uh, after the, like I said, decades of study I've done on the governments around the world, and especially the one we currently reside in, um, I'll believe a word they say, like a word of it. And it's so easily uh, smacked down. It's hilarious. Yeah, man. I think that calling it, a, what does Sam call it again? A playhouse? or A, a haunted house. A haunted you know? house. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Where there's no real danger, but it scares the shit out of you. Right. Yeah. I think to me that sort of cheapens it a little bit, but I get the sentiment I, because it is, first of all, what you make of it. I think life is what you make it. Second of all, so it could be that or it could be something totally different. For me, it's, you know, ever since I've been very intentional about the way I think and what I focus on, life has become an absolute dream. Uh, yeah. And yeah. it just took that shift in my mind. And so the less I started, I stopped paying attention to all of that stuff. It's not even relevant in my life anymore. And I think that's how, you know, I believe in a creator. I believe in intelligent design. So I don't think that this place was designed to be anything less than that. I think it is what you make it. And so, yeah, a lot of people are running around getting scared. You know, <laughs> that's what they want to do. Everyone loves murder mysteries right now. That's like the thing. And so that's the energy that they're going to be in, you know. And I think that that's what heaven and hell is. It's the frequency in which you want to be at. God is not a dictator. He doesn't want anyone in his kingdom that doesn't want to be there. And so it's about that that ascension, right? As you get closer and closer and you want to be there, you end up being there. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how I see it. I see God as having a perfect will and a permissible will. So he has like the beginning and end of like, this is, you know, how it should be. And everything else in between is, is variable and makes it interesting, right. And exciting and gives us free will and choice, which is so beautiful. Um, and yeah, that can come with a lot of negativity, but that is, again, I think a lot of us are traumatized, um, from the beginning and that sort of sets up the whole, everybody's mentality being in that energy. And I think we see a lot of that.
Yeah, do not disagree at all, young man. Do not disagree at all. Uh, excellent point. And um, I, I see it as a reductive way to describe the, this place, and I completely agree with you as well. I think it's a fun metaphor to use when we're describing specifically the Klaus Schanel Schwab's and your Bill Gates's and the things that people obsess over that are going to come take your guns and all that kind of stuff. The adversaries. That's, the adversaries. That's how Jesus, that's how Jesus described them as the devil, the adversary. Um, and he talks about how the purpose of the adversary is to evolve our soul is to bring us closer to God. Like that is, that is the whole point. And so, yeah, that's how I look at it is it's not, it's not like the devil is here to, or like to kill us or, you know, to make life miserable. It's if you let the lessons that he's there teaching you evolve you, you will get closer to God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, closer to greater awareness, which perhaps that's what it is. I mean, closer to whatever, right. Um, and and I think that that is godly. You know, that's it's godlike. It's at least um, at, at a state of curiosity to where you can expand your reality and not get too stuck or too attached to any ideas, anything. Honestly, perhaps that's another. I, I think we learn many, many, many things here, and I think that it's presented in the in the way of this experience. And you know, it feels also like let's say that re, let's just bring reincarnation into the into the conversation. Let's say that it exists, as a lot of people believe that it does. Well, I've sort of been applying these long scale cycle ideas of this place just this physical reality whether it's flat whether it's a simulation whatever it's a real it's a realm it's a reality maybe a ball whatever there seems to be cataclysms that occur cyclically here but perhaps like we reincarnate as different beings in different times on this place and i've referred to it as the you know speed dating with gaia right like you get a certain amount of time you get a certain thousands of years and then you do your thing and maybe reincarnation is so much larger than we think that perhaps like you're living all of the lives at once, right? Because you're in the middle and you can be the girl in China in the 1600s. You're you in the 2800s. You're way the hell out there. And you're all of these things experiencing these different, this tapestry of experience in this physical place or physical air quotes place. And then you're receiving all of the information, knowledge and experience from those experiences in these different time periods on this plane of existence. And then if you, if you kind of look at that and you say, okay, well then what, perhaps would be the mark of that let's say that uh maybe the procession of the equinox i was talking to uh ksenia moore great friend you've got to have her on she's going to adore you um ksenia moore is an astrologer and we were talking about this idea of the procession of the equinoxes being and and kind of tying it into uh reincarnation like what does that look like maybe reincarnation takes place at the start of when we're closest to cirrus and whenever we go apart with this energy dips and we go into what's called like a dark age. Let's just do this visually. When our orbit goes around from Cirrus, like on a large scale, 26,000 years, then maybe we're at this golden age at the top when we're closest to Cirrus and we had all this energy and maybe they're experiencing the same thing. And then at our furthest points away or at our troughs for us independently, then maybe this is the point we find ourselves at now. And really you're kicking back off to complete the circle at a golden age. And maybe the ride is however many lifetimes through that entire section. And maybe you just reincarnate as many times as it takes to get through that entire section. And maybe that's a lesson. That's your lesson. That's a, the amount of time you can live all the lives that you need to, to achieve whatever you're here to achieve. It's just an idea I'm having fun with. Um, and I don't necessarily think that you're bound to any of this shit. I think that perhaps like you, you have, you have full control over all of it. And, but you have the illusion that you don't because they're, we're in a limited place. We're in a very limited reality. And so you can anthropomorphize that up and you could say as above, so below, but 
I am uh, terrified of the prison planet idea. I think I psychologically, like that would drive me nuts if I just thought about the prison planet idea and this Archon soul trap and you can't escape, blah, blah, blah. Get fucked. Like that, I can't handle that. But with um, things like this, then you're, you're, you know, it's like the rules of the basketball game only apply on the court. It's like you don't have to dribble your basketball home. Like it's, it doesn't apply anymore. You know, it's a different game at that point. You're in a different environment. And I really do kind of see this place like that. Of course, it's, you know, a learning environment in which, you know, that's why our perception of time exists so that we can have duration. And so change can occur because change occurs over a duration, an observable duration. And so if you look at it this way, then you're like, oh, okay, well, maybe this is just some kind of damn game. And maybe you're just here to touch, smell, tasty and hear everything you can before you go. Maybe you're everything here like that, uh, little short story that was turned into a cool animated thing on YouTube called the egg. Um, maybe you're that, and maybe uh, you're everything here and you're just here to interact with yourself on this place. And maybe when all of it's over, you are, you know, the bong is taken out of your hand and you wake up and you're on a couch in an alien spaceship somewhere. And you're just like, what the fuck just happened? And people are like, that was crazy. Right. And let me hit it now, you know, and maybe it's just like that, you know, it's very real to us. And like you said, it's, it's what you make it. But I don't think it's as like dire as as we really think it is. I think that that seeing through the veil of that is how we get back to that innocence to create the kind of place that doesn't have calamities like we see orchestrated calamities on it now and this fear based programming. And this is how we get out of that perhaps loop and uh, start ascending back up, which seems to be inevitable, like cymatics. It's, it's a tone that changes and it's a frequency that we're ascending up in. And so therefore, visually around you, you're going to see physical changes because there's you know, chaotic turbulence and change. And that's what Ganesh is here to offer us. But, um, you know, you need the destruction to create the new. And that's where we are. Yeah, I think that there's, do you think that the cymatics part of it, you know, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. Do you think that cymatics the f is like the beginning of it? When, you know, you're talking about serious and stuff. Is that within the cymatic realm i guess like yeah because it's all vibration right everything right, you know yeah. all matter is vibration reduced to a to a frequency and so and it just holds that form and so you can think of actually everything on its own cymatic pattern it's is, almost is like its the, own cymatic pattern mycelial network almost yes, like yes yes you could almost look at the vibrations maybe as that or like cymatics as that beautiful yeah. yeah and it's everywhere and it's all at different frequencies and you get different energies within the stable frequencies that hold that shape so you can think of like angels and demons or these representatives to where i mean you yourself has done it um you've been in a very good mood you're on the phone everything's going great you hang up from an incredible call somebody cuts you off instantly you're a demon and you're yelling at this person so there's you've got the scopes of the energies even within your own fixed structure right and so even within these tonal structures you've got these sub fractal universes that are an intricate tapestry of emotions and intent and uh, feelings and experiences and desires and disappointments and hope and all of that stuff, you know, and it's, it's all beautiful and it's all woven in into a place that you have a tangible effect on. And that I think is what this experience is about simulated or not. That's, that's kind of how I feel about it. Beautiful. What do you think, do you see uh, any current applications to cymatics or perhaps future applications using the this sort of new not necessarily new but i feel like it's getting more attention lately um do you see us going anywhere specific with this 
Yeah, and with cymatics, it would just be the visual representation of sound. So what I would say to that would right. be I, I do see sound moving forward, uh, being measured by cymatics so that we can accurately predict and measure it. Uh, but I've seen people do this. I, I, it's already begun, brother. Um, didgeridoos right now are the uh, lifting the zero-G object. You can Google tons of videos on these things where uh, these people with didgeridoos are picking up pieces of paper. They're uh, affecting water currents. I saw the other day somebody affected the flow of a river, and it created a whirlpool right there. Then you kind of apply this out to what the Tibetans believe, and then you see all these ancient carvings of people with these bags or with these cones. And then you look at Dan Winter's work with the cone focal point, these 90-degree angle vectors, and you start tying quantum physics into this ancient knowledge that's left about for us to find. And yeah, I, I see sound being way more important than people see it as now. I think it's taken for granted, like water. I think water holds the memory of everything ever. And so I think it's very much taken for granted and apprehended and polluted and degraded. And so they do this and Emoto knew this. And so you look at our what's available to us as water. There's another tip, by the way, that not a lot of people know. And this is I know you know this just for the audience or whatever, because uh, I just recently learned this. If you're just drinking straight water, then what you're doing is flushing all the nutrients out of your body. And so what you want to do is drink mineralized water. So what we do is I just take normal water. We filter it and everything like that. But you can put a pinch of Celtic sea salt in it. And that will put all the minerals that you need in that glass of water. So if you're drinking it, add minerals to it. However you want to do that. There's many different ways. But a simple way that we do here at the house is just pinch of Celtic sea salt. You can get the stuff online. No problem. You should probably use that instead on your food anyway. But it'll mineralize your water so that you're actually getting nutrients out of this stuff, and it's not just grabbing your nutrients and flushing you out. A lot of people that drink bottle of water after bottle of water after bottle of water, it's, yes, you're kind of hydrated. You know, you've drank a lot of water, but be mindful of uh, the type of water that you put in you. I know that sounds weird, but it's important. Yeah, great point. And I, so you have all these different factors that affect water, right? So we're talking about intent. We're talking about sound. How do you think they clash or harmonize together uh, if that makes sense, right? Because let's say I have a bottle of water and I taped love on it, but then I'm telling it the opposite. You know, which one do you think is going to be more effective? Or the question would be, do you tape love on it and then play an angry song in a hertz frequency all around it that had horrible, you know, or, or low vibe messaging in it, stuff like that, exactly. right? So which one would win? It's a great point. And I don't know. I think honestly, though, that would be an awesome study because actually you could test your intent. And you could actually control study this with other folks if you want. You could see how powerful your I love you message was on that bottle. And then subject it to different frequencies. Um, and then just take a look at it and see what you find. And, and I think you may find that your intent is more powerful than the song being played. I would, if I you know go to wager, I would say that. Yeah, I think that your intent will outweigh everything, right? So like yeah. if you have a bottle of water and it says I love you on it and then... Uh, you tell it negative things, you're saying that it will probably show a negative structure or like a more chaotic looking structure. I, it's, a great, you're... it's a great question. I don't know. I mean, it's an awesome question, dude. That's yeah, thinking. That's what, this, and that's what I'm more of what I meant of cymatics. Uh, I, cause I think there's more to be done in the, in the actual field of cymatics. Oh yeah. Uh, just I think, being I, think able... I think we can apply what we learn in cymatics, but I think there's actually new applications within cymatics itself of like putting sound intent and, everything together and seeing how they actually work together um but yeah again it could be one of those things where every person is so different you can't even find like a 
a, a constant. <laughs> I mean, this is what would be cool though, because you could have something like your own symbol, you know, like a Care Bear or something. You know, you're you got your own thing going on, and it's your symbol, and you could get it tattooed on you, and maybe it provides you bigger power. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I I think it's all fascinating, and I think that you would find very unique differences in it. But I agree with you that you would find that your intent trumps it. But then the question would be again, which one are the yelling or the taped two? Which one would, I guess, prevail? Um, it's interesting because then if you're committed to the idea, then you would be sending strong intent of both emotions to it. Uh, that's it's just a fascinating question. I don't know. Um, and maybe like oil and water, maybe the parts of it would be incredibly formed and parts of it wouldn't. And then I would be curious about the percentage. Like, would it be 50 50? Would it, you know, what are we talking about here as far as the division goes? At some point, if I want to, at some point, if I want to dive into these experiments more, would you perhaps be willing to control. participate and be a control? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. I would okay. love this. Let's do this. Let's video it. We'll do a whole TikTok series on it and uh, mm. we'll do a whole show thing on it. And I would love this. Let's set up a series of experiments and you and I will do this and um, log our results. I dig yeah, it. And, and then we can maybe get the spooky Tesla spirit radio too and see. There's also like, um, he, there's certain ways you can do it where you actually hear like voices. Um, it's super interesting. I'll send you the video on it. You can watch it if you're interested in it. But thank you. Yeah. yeah, lots of interesting experiments we can still do. This is a pretty new field, so I just feel like it's an awesome opportunity to further expand um, the human consciousness and knowledge base overall. Yeah, a hundred percent, man. Hundred percent, dude. I love this. Absolutely. Well, this has been great, Brandon. Is there anything else you want to go over before we head out? Uh, no, and uh, honestly, this was incredibly dope. You've blown my mind. You've expanded my reality, man, which is always wonderful. So this has been a delight. Uh, I've got to have you on the show for sure. So we'll book that off air. But um, absolutely loved it. Uh, expandingrealitypodcast.com. That's where y'all can find us. All sorts of new stuff. We had the ninja shirt going on. I just sent you the lizard turd one, too, that I just made uh, today, actually. So that's a lot of fun. I didn't mean to come on here and sell T-shirts. They're like fresh off the press. No, uh, just value exchange. If you want a fresh T-shirt, exchange and some they, value. Yeah, they look dope as shit. Honestly, I just wanted you to see the lizard turd one because he's got a little turd on his head and there's flies everywhere. And um, it's cool. It's like a reptilian crawling across the world. And it's a lot of fun. So we have a, a good time with the ideas, which I still think the lizard turds, even though they're obviously something out there um then i would say to that that they are part of our consciousness expansion and that uh, they serve us in the best way possible and that fun look at that yeah and i agree yeah i think that in order like jesus biggest thing was love your enemies and that has been the biggest piece that i've ever found is learning how to pray for my enemies actually send positive intent towards my enemies it totally transmutes your own negative fear or anything that you might have 100 uh, percent and and let's close it on this actually because i've been doing a lot of the sending positive energy to everyone actually everyone's on their highest timeline as far as i'm concerned so any you know of the eye roll things that i used to do when my mother-in-law would do something or something like that or a friend would start talking shit about something and i just it doesn't resonate with me i would just not engage at all but i didn't eye roll and get a feeling from it right i just nope you're on your highest timeline i wish them i don't wish them ill i wish them consciousness man and, and I know you do the same and you're out here doing amazing work, dude. So energetically, that's a wonderful way to alchemize those things, because what do they say about, you know, uh, being bitter and um, holding a grudge? It's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. And because right. most of the time, those people don't remember at all and they don't give a yeah, shit. They and no they, <laughs> they didn't take what you took that way at all. They offhand made a comment, and moved on with their life or the person that cut you off that you're obsessed with finding 
then they are were you know maybe they're on their way maybe the their wife's given birth and so they were on their phone with their wife and they're like driving through trying to get to the hospital you don't know you know um you just don't know with folks and so that moment of pause that reflection and that alchemization of the energy that you initially felt is man that's your actionable that's your thought ninja at work there that's that's being a, a participatory in this universe man and i love it awesome beautiful way to end it thank you brandon everybody please reach out and support him check out expandingrealitypodcast.com thank you all so much for listening and watching and we will see you in the next one Woo!